I just felt in, in prayer today that, that now is the time, this is the right, this is the right message for today for the church. So Ezekiel 22 verse 30, uh, 30 says, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it. But I found none. Therefore have I poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their head, saith the Lord God. Today I want to just preach to you something, something that I believe is uh, something that I have found in myself has been very, uh, very life-changing. And so I, uh, I want to bring this to you today. Let's bow our heads. Let's just ask the Lord to bless it. God, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you, God, Lord, for what you're speaking to us, God. I, I pray today, Lord, that I will be able to, to convey this message, God, in a, a proper manner, God, that it will be received. I pray, Lord, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost right now, God, that you would anoint me. God, that you would move in our midst today. God, anoint the ears of those that hear. Lord, that we could receive your word with understanding, God, and that you would bless it. We thank you for it. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This, uh, this passage in Ezekiel here, um, it's, it's a very interesting uh, passage. We find that, uh, you know, Ezekiel, of course, being a prophet of God, he was he was praying, he was he was communing with God, and and he goes into in, in our chapter twenty two, he goes into this discourse with God, and he's he's going back and forth with God. He's he's actually in this area. He is um, um, he, he's he's talking to God, and, and God is speaking to him and giving him. A message, and, and God is talking to him about what's you know what's taking place. Now, there's there's three areas that God addresses with Ezekiel here, and I want to spend just a few minutes talking about these because probably the first area that God begins to address with Ezekiel is He is talking to him about the uh, the sins of the common man. He's, he's talking about the, the nation of Israel. He's talking about those people and, and just the, the common people, you and me, everyday, everyday people. And, and he begins to uh, express his, his displeasure in them and the things that they are doing, uh, beginning in verse 7, and he continues down through verse 12. And if you'll allow me, I, there's going to be a little bit of reading in this today, but just follow along with me. Verse 7, the Lord is speaking here. It says, In thee have I set, uh, have I set light by father and mother, uh, or have they set light by father and mother? What, let me just stop for a minute, because that what, what the Lord is saying is they have, they have made light of what they were taught by their mothers and fathers. The things that... that had been instructed to them from their forefathers they, they were disregarding and they were they were making it of, of no consequence they were saying uh, that's just, they're just old people they don't 
you know, it doesn't mean anything. We don't have to do that now. And he continues on, and he says, In the midst of thee have they dealt by oppression with a stranger. In thee have they vexed the fatherless and the widow. Thou hast despised mine holy things and hast profaned my Sabbaths. In thee are men that carry tales to shed blood, and in thee they eat upon the mountains. In the midst of thee they commit lewdness. In thee have they discovered their father's nakedness. In thee have they humbled her that was set apart for pollution. For one hath committed abomination with his neighbor's wife, and another has lewdly defiled his daughter-in-law. Another uh, in thee has humbled his sister to his father's daughter, or his father's daughter. In thee have they taken gifts to shed blood. Thou hast taken usury and increased, and thou hast greedily gained of thy neighbors by extortion, and hast forgotten me, saith the Lord God. And so he begins to lay out the, the gross sins of the people. Now, listen, let's, you know, let's clear this up. I don't believe that there weren't any righteous among all of the children of Israel. Right? We, we know Ezekiel was there. There, there were others that, that we know were in that time period that were righteous people. I believe that, that we have righteous people in the church, but the world today is filled with wickedness. And as we begin to look at, at some of the sins that, that God is declaring here to Israel that they were in, we can see that same type of, of, of wickedness that is running rampant in our world today. America is a nation that was founded on religious beliefs. You know, at one time, it was, uh, it was acceptable to say, in God we trust. Today, they don't want us to talk about that. The, the, the Pledge of Allegiance Contin uh, or contains that phrase that one nation under God. Today, they don't want us to say under God. There, there have been some that have removed that phrase from the pledge and they just skip right over that. We're one nation indivisible. Well, wait a minute. If you take God out of the equation, you are not indivisible. There will come divisions because sin will enter in and there will be divisions. And we see how that our nation has begun to break apart because of the sins that we have allowed in our nation. And they grow worse and worse every day. I was speaking with my parents this, uh, this past week. I was, uh, I, I was sitting down and talking with them, and they were telling me, they said, oh, I, I wish there was some way that we could transport people back in time to when we were young. And to see what America was like. So, you know, even as, as teenagers, when they were in, in, in school, junior high and high school, back when we still had junior high. Um, junior high and high school, and they said that people would, you know, if, if you were, you know, if you were the bad boy at school, that meant that you smoked. Not, not drugs, just a cigarette. There, there were very, very few kids that ever talked about or, or any of their friends that had ever tasted alcohol. 
that was just absolutely out of the question. My, my mom was saying, you know, as a teenager, you know, sometimes you have to, you have to do something that, you know, that seems bad. And she said, I can remember in, in junior high that, you know, they had a big thing in the school there that, you know, they had flowers planted all over the campus. And then, you know, the principal was, you know, very adamant. Now, don't you pick the flowers. You leave the flowers alone. And so her and some of her friends were in the, they, they knew that outside the window in the girls' bathroom was a gardenia bush. And so they snuck in there one day and they, they crawled up and reached out the window and they picked a flower and they felt like they had done something bad. You know, they were just being, whoo, man, I'll tell you what. If only that were today. We, you know, we can look and see just how far America has gone with sin. And, and, and there's nothing that could come to the imagination that hasn't been accepted in America. I mean, honestly, for the, for the average person, you think the most, uh, you know, the, the, the worst thing that you could imagine. And probably that has been done and worse. It's a shame. As, as, the, as the church of God, that should, that should strike us, the very core of who we are, that America has gone to such extent to evil. Mm. And we see that in this passage as we're reading, that the sins didn't just stop with the common people, but it extended into the church and into the priest even. Beginning in verse 24 it, it, and going down through verse 28, it talks about son of man say unto her, speaking to the priest here, thou art the land that is not cleansed nor rained upon in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof. Like a roaring lion ravening the prey, they have devoured souls. They have taken the treasure and precious things. They have made her many widows in the midst thereof. Her priests have violated my laws and have profaned my holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and the profane. Neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the clean. They have hid their eyes from my Sabbath, and I am profaned among them. If you drop down to verse 28, it says, And her prophets have dogged them with untempered mortar, seeing vanity and divining lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord God, when the Lord has not spoken. We see the... The, the, the sin that had ultimately crept even into the priesthood and into the prophets and, and, and they were more concerned with, with uh, wealth and, and gaining power and, and possessions for themselves and they were taking advantage of those that were supposed to be the ones they were, they were looking out for, the ones that they were guarding over. They, they refused to, to say what was right and wrong and make a separation between them. Oh, 
Lord forbid that our pulpits ever become a, a message of, of, of just non-substance. Uh, non but I believe as, as, a, as a minister of the gospel, it's my responsibility to, to, to preach the word of God and, and what is right and what is wrong. God had, God had set these men in place so that they could, they could be a, a voice of guidance to the people and, and they, they could be the ones to teach them and to make sure that they understand the importance of the Sabbath and to understand the significance of what was clean and what was unclean and what was holy and what was unholy. Oh, hallelujah. I thought it was interesting the Lord began in this saying that thou art a land that is not cleansed nor rained upon in the day of indignation. You know, there are times where things will begin to, to, to go on in the church and, and, and God will begin to move on the man of God. God will begin to move. Thank you, brother. Uh, God will begin to move uh, move on the ministry and upon the, the preachers and prophets and the teachers. And, and he will begin to, uh, to instruct them, listen, you need to address this. You need to, you need to deal with this so that these things do not continue in the, in the, in the church. And, and that's what God was talking about here. He said that it's not rained upon. Today we talk about uh, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost as a, as a spiritual rain. We reference that. Today there are churches that, that have become so accepting of sin that, that the Holy Ghost can't be poured out. It, it's, it's hindered. It's blocked. The move of God is blocked because people say, no, I, I, I'm more interested in, in, in keeping everybody here and comfortable, and, and so I'll just accept whatever they bring about. Whatever they bring into the house of God with them, I'll, I'll say, okay, well, that's all right. God still loves you and, and not address it. And you know what? God does still love you, but he loves you enough that he'll put a man of God in front of you so that he can say, no, that's not right, and you need to change I had a preacher, oh, a preacher that was not afraid to preach the word of God. He wasn't afraid to stand in the pulpit and call sin, sin. He was not afraid to call out a young person, call him aside and say, listen, I know what's going on in your life and you need to stop it. I, I can remember preachers that they would get up and they would begin to address sin. They would begin to call out things in people's life and say, listen, you better repent or you're going to split hell wide open. And I can remember as a young person, that would scare me to death. And you know what? It worked. I'd find my way to an altar. <laughs> he might not have even been preaching to me, but I said, you know what? I'm not going to take a chance. <laughs> And thank God for that. Thank God that, that we have men of God and, and women of God that will preach to us. That will proclaim 
there are, there are some today that, that are ministers of the gospel that they will not. They, they will bend to the pressures of society and say, oh, but if I say that, what will happen? I, I may have people from my congregation that leave because that's not what they want to hear. They want to hear that, that God is love, but they don't want to hear that God is a righteous judge. And, and that the things that he has established as sin, there will be a judgment day and we will have to make account for those things. Listen, God loves us. Beyond any, you know, anything that we can imagine. And that's why he has us today in this time of grace where there is an opportunity for us to repent of those sins. Oh, hallelujah. That's why he has made the plan of salvation available to us that we can live above sin, that sin will no longer have reign in our life. Oh, no, I'm not saying that as soon as you're filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized that you're going to be perfect. Oh, but the Holy Ghost is going to be there when, when you slip up and make a mistake. There's going to be something inside of you that says, Mark, you shouldn't have done that. You better go hit your knees, boy. And I thank God for that. I thank God that there's a, the Spirit of God that is within me that convicts me. That's something that, that pulls me and, and guides me in the right direction. Oh. The, the, the last group that he talked to here is the group of, of the Prexes, the, the leaders of the, the um, governmental leaders over the cities. Verse 27 talks about that as in, they said, her princes in the midst thereof are like wolves ravening the prey to shed blood and to destroy souls to get dishonest gain. Do I even need to make the connection to today? All you have to do is turn on the news. That's all you have to do. Listen, our, our government leaders are not perfect. They are a far cry from it. And there are some that I, I don't know how in the world they have deceived enough people to be elected. Because they are interested in nothing but their own gain, their own personal agenda, their own desire. They're not looking out for you. They're not looking out for this nation. Amen. Amen. Mm. Oh. God talks in the same passage about how the, uh, Israel had become like uh, tin and brass and silver and, and all of these metals that, that had never been in, the, in the, the, the fire, into that fire that would refine. And, and so they were, they were filled with dross. I don't know how many of you have ever have ever seen the, the, the foundry process and how they'll they'll take the crucible and they'll put that, that metal in there and they'll heat it until it melts, until it becomes a, a molten state and, and all of this dross 
will rise to the top and they reach in with a you know with a, a, a ladle or, or some instrument and they'll scrape that dross off and they'll let that just continue to heat and, and there'll be more dross that is released and, and it's a purifying that takes place. There's there's something in that in that firing process that causes those elements to separate and they can purify that metal. Oh that's, that's why when, when the Holy Ghost is talked about, it is, it is talked about as Holy Ghost and fire. It's like the dungeon of fire because the Holy Ghost is that thing within us that burns and it separates out that dross that is within us. Those things that are, that are still in our life that, that we haven't gotten rid of, those impurities, those imperfections. Thank God for the Holy Ghost that will purify us. He said the nation of Israel was, was like that un, un, unfired metal and it was filled with impurities. Oh, but thank God. Thank God that he was looking for a reason to show mercy. Oh, I'm so thankful that today God still looks for a reason to show mercy. God does not want to pour out judgment upon this earth. God wants us to turn to Him. He wants to show mercy. God loves us and wants to show His mercy into our lives. And so He's looking for a reason. Is there someone that will give me a reason to show mercy to this earth? There were <clears throat> there were a few there were a few men in the Bible. I'll quickly give you some examples of some men that stood in the gap and made a difference. Abraham, we're familiar with with Abraham and and his nephew Lot, and, and the the fact that Lot had gone and dwelled in the well-watered plains towards Sodom and, and the city was wicked and God came and was going to destroy the city. But he said, you know what? Before I do that, I, I, I want to tell my, my man. I, I want to let him know what I'm about to do. He said, I, I don't want to keep it hidden from him. <laughs> and when he began to, to share that, in Genesis chapter 18, you can find the account. Verse 17 is where the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do? And then if you drop down to verse 20 through uh, verse uh, 32, I believe it is, Abraham steps in and begins to plead for that wicked city. And he, he begins to cry out and he begins to bargain with God and say, well, wait a minute, God. You know, you're a, you're a great God. You know, and, and I know that you don't want to just destroy the righteous along with the unrighteous. And so, God, if there were 50 righteous in that city, would, would you spare the city? And God said, yeah, if, if you can find 50 righteous, I'll, I'll spare the city. And, and we know the account. Abraham bargained with God. He, he kept bargaining. 
He, he, he started going back. And, and in between, I, I love the way that, that Abraham was talking to God because after he had, he had uh, agreed for the 50, he said, uh, Behold, now I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, but which am but dust and ashes. Listen, God, I'm nobody. You don't owe me anything. But, you know, I, I, I'm talking to you. And, and just by chance, I, I, I come short by five people. Would you still spare it? And every time he goes back and, and recognizes in himself that, listen, I really have no reason that I should be able to bargain with you, God. I'm dust. I, I'm, you know, I'm nothing. I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just flesh and blood. But he goes back and he keeps talking to God until all, all the way down to um, verse 32. And he says, oh, Lord, or, or oh, let not the Lord be angry. When, and, and I will speak yet but this once. Just, just one more time, God. Peradventure, Tim shall be found there. And God answered him and he said, I will not destroy it for Tim's sake. And Abraham could not find Tim righteous in the city. But even in that, God was merciful enough that he said, he sent the, the men to destroy the city and he said, send Lot and his wife and his daughters out from there. There were, there were four people that God deemed uh, worthy because of Abraham to, to spare from that destruction. Amen. Evidently, the, the rest of the city was... They weren't righteous. There was no righteousness found in them. And we see even from those four that, that, that uh, Lot's wife turned back. And, and so we see three people that escaped. But the, the worth of those three people, God was not willing just to wipe them out and say, oh, it's just three people, who cares? But he said, those three people are important enough that, guys, you can't destroy that city until they get out of there. You can't release any destruction until you get them out of there. After they leave, then you can do your work. But, but those people mean too much to me. They're too important to me. Thank God for people that will stand in the gap. Moses did the same thing for the children of Israel in Exodus uh, chapter 32. We know how that uh, Moses was up on, the, uh, up on the mountain. He's communing with God. The children of Israel are down in the, in the wilderness down there. And they're, they're camped out at the bottom of the mountain. And they're there and, and they decide that, well, he's been gone too long. He must be dead. And so what did they do? They went to Aaron and said, make us a, a, an idol that we can worship. And so they broke off all their earrings, the gold, all these things. They gave him and he made a golden calf. And, and God heard the sound of them down there worshiping an idol while he was up on a mountaintop communing with the man of God to go down and give them something that, was, that would benefit them. In the midst of that, they were, they were down worshiping false idols. And God said, that's it, I'm done, I'm going to wipe them out. 
Moses goes down from off of that mountain and he goes down and he begins to chastise the children of Israel. And he, he causes them to, uh, to, to repent. He, he causes them to, to purify themselves. He, he, he just really begins to rebuke them. And, and how dare you? What are you thinking? After all God has done, why would you do something? He said, now listen, you purify yourself. And I'm going to go back up on the mountain and see if there's some way I can plead with God. Hallelujah. Mm. The, the scripture says, ye have sinned a great sin, and now I will go up unto the Lord. Peradventure, I shall make an atonement for your sin. And Moses retur returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin, and have made gods of gold. Evidently, it wasn't just one, because he, he said they had made gods, plural, of gold. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, blot me out also, God. Lord, listen, I, I, I'm begging you. Spare these people, and, and if not, go ahead and, 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 you know, include me in whatever you do to them, God. I, these people are your people. These are the ones that, that are called by your name. These are the ones that, that have, you, you have brought them out of bondage. You have exalted them and exalted your name through what you have done. And, and, and God, I, I just, if you, if you don't want to spare them, just include me also. God, I don't want to be a reproach to you in any way. And we find that, that God spared them. Oh, he, he still judged them. But God was merciful to them over what he, uh, what he had intended for them. The last one I'll bring to your account is Daniel. Here again, it was for the children of Israel. You know, they, they, had, a, they had a bad habit of, of getting themselves uh, mixed up in sin. It seemed like every time God would come, uh, come and send them a, a prophet or a man of God or someone in, and, and they, they would get themselves straightened out, that it wasn't, but maybe a generation later, and they were right back to their wicked ways. I, I've often wondered about that and, and thought, oh, you know, they, they must have just been a, a, a defective people. But then I look at the at Revelation and I look about where it's talking about the millennial reign and how that Satan's bound for a thousand years. And, and, and at the end of a thousand years, now during that thousand years, there's, there's no sin, Satan's bound. So everything starts to return back to that, almost that, that paradise state as God had originally intended. And man, everything must be wonderful during that millennial reign. And at the end, Satan's loosed for just a little bit of time. And all of a sudden, chaos breaks out. And people stop following God and turn back to sin. And I, I, I see that and I go, all of mankind must be defective, God. It wasn't just the children of Israel. They had a thousand years of living in, in, in perfection and peace and, and safety and 
And, and you know, sin comes on the scene and all of a sudden they're just w willing to, to give it all up and just turn back to it. Daniel in the ninth chapter, beginning in, in verse 2, um, he, is, he is in uh, prayer and supplication, fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And he says, I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confessions and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenants and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. Verse 5 says, we have sinned. And have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings, our princes, our fathers, and to all the people of the land. Oh, Lord, righteousness. He keeps going back and forth saying, God, you're perfect. God, you're righteous. God, we're not. God, we've sinned. And, and, and I noticed something in his prayer. He didn't say, God, these people out here have sinned. He included himself in that. said, listen, I'm, I'm part of this nation. I'm not exempt from, from what's going on here. God, I, I've tried to live right, but you know what? I've got to include myself. And, and we have sinned because I'm part of this nation. Moses said, God, I'm, I'm part of this group down here, and, and, and you've got to include me in this. And, and so Daniel's doing the same thing here, and he, he keeps going back and saying, God, you're right, and, and, and we've sinned. And, and you're right, but we've sinned. And, and you sent judgment, and, and we deserved it. And, and you brought us into captivity, and, and it's because of what we've done. And he keeps going back and forth until finally he's, he's talking to God and, and he talks about the evil. And he said, and yet we made uh, not our prayers before the Lord God. And, and he goes into all of that. And in verse 16, he finally says, O Lord, according to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from the city Jerusalem and thy holy mountain. Because for our sins and for the iniquities of our father, Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. And so he begins to ask God, God, listen, I, I understand who we are and what we are, but God, I'm asking you to hold back your fury. God, can, can you remove that and, and just deal with us, God? Just, just work on us, God. We don't want to bring a reproach to your name, God. Oh, my God, incline thy ear and hear. Open thy eyes and behold our desolation and the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplication before thee for our righteousness, but for thy great mercies. Oh, church, today, we don't deserve God's, God's grace because of our righteousness. It's only because of his mercy. We're no different than, than the, in the sins that, we're, that, that are being committed in our nation today than the children of Israel. And it wasn't because of their righteousness, but there was a man of God that came to him came to God and said, God, 
I'm, I'm asking you, please, God, spare us. God, for your mercy's sake, because you're merciful. There are, there are two things that I want you to take away from today's message. Number one, I want us all to look at our own life. I want us all to make sure that, that we consider ourselves and that we consecrate ourselves. If there's something in me, God, Lord, reveal that to me so that I can repent of that. God, that I can be pure. God, let the, the fire of the Holy Ghost burn within me. God, let it be that purifying fire that, that, that separates that so that it can be removed, that that's not pleasing to you. If you're here today and, and you don't have the Holy Ghost, it's available for you today. Amen. The scripture says that we should repent, be baptized in Jesus' name, and that he will fill us with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And it's that gift. That's all that's required of us is that we repent and that we're baptized in his name. And when that happens, he gives us a gift. If you haven't received that gift, it's here for you today. Amen. Now, the second thing, and this is the call for the church that I believe the Lord is, is sending out right now. I believe that this is not just for this church, but I believe that, that God is giving this same message to others throughout our nation. And that is, I am asking you to join with me in prayer for our nation. Not, not just a prayer saying, oh, God, fix this and God, fix that. But a prayer of repentance for our nation. Now, I can tell you, since the Lord has be began to, to deal with me about this, I have implemented this in my prayer time. And it has brought a change in me. Because before I would look at the, the sins that were being committed and I would, you know, I, it, would, it would stir up a, a, an anger within me, maybe. Maybe a righteous indignation within me. And I would say, oh, I just can't believe these people would do this and how dare they. And, you know, God, you've got you to gotta do something to stop them from that. And since I started repenting for them, and started looking and saying, God, these sins are, are, are rampant in our nation. And, and God, I, listen, you're the only one that can change them. But God, I, I'm asking you to forgive us, God. Yeah. Lord, we, we can't continue without your mercy, God. Lord, we, we can't continue to be a nation, Lord, and to be a, a people that are as blessed as we are if we continue in sin and, and there's no one that's standing in the gap and asking for repentance, God. So I'm asking the church, I'm giving you a challenge to join with me. And, and, and I, I want to give us some, uh, uh, some, some guidance on this. 
I, I, I prayed about it and I asked God, I said, well, you know, God, how do we implement this? How, how do we begin to do this? And I believe the Lord gave me some wisdom. And I want us to, uh, in Exodus uh, chapter 20, we see the list of the Ten Commandments. You know those things that are being removed from every government facility all over this nation? Yeah, those. <clears throat> those things that, that the enemy doesn't want us to be aware of, doesn't want people to know, doesn't want people to see and it be in their face. Those same things. I want us for the next ten days to take one a day and, and begin to join with me in repenting for that sin in this nation. As you do that, I want you to think about what that sin is. What, what does that sin really represent? And, and what does that sin mean? The, the, the very first one is, is I am the Lord thy God which has brought thee out of the land of Egypt out of the house of bondage and thou shalt have no other gods before me. Now that's a little g. What gods are people placing ahead of God in their life? You know, actually idols are, are the second commandment. The graven images. And that's what most people think, is that it's idols. Oh, it, it, there you go. See? See? We, we've, got a, we've got an eight-year-old boy here that when he begins to study it, when he begins to look at it, he sees exactly what it is. It's things, it, it's not little statues that people bow down to. It's things that, God, that, that people elevate above God. Things that they put more importance Things that they'll sacrifice their time with God in order to partake of these other things. <laughs> there are so many things as you begin to look at this that, and you begin to repent. You begin to say, oh, Lord, they're, they're, our nation has made, you know, has made money a God. They've made work a God. They've made this a God. They've made that a God. And, and as you begin to do that, it just begins to... To, to really expand in your heart and in your mind. And, and I believe that through this, God's going to bring some revelation. God's going to, to open our eyes to some things. And so church, stand with me today. I, I'm asking you, if you will, to join with me for the next 10 days. And yes. just start at the beginning and work down this list. Amen. And, and begin to cry out, let your voice be the one that stands in the gap for this nation. Oh, there's got to be someone. There's got to be someone. There has to be a group of people. There has to be a, 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 a body of Christ that will stand in the gap and say, oh, let me, let me join together. Let me be that voice that will cry out in repentance. God, let your mercies Come into this nation, God. Lord, forgive us of the sins, God, that have grown so rampant. I believe that if we do that, we will see a change. The Bible talks about, and many people talk about, a great end-time revival. It's only going to be through a, a, a breaking down of Satan's kingdom. 
It's go, it's only going to come through a through a, a, a loosening of the holes of sin that they have on people. Oh, God, God, I believe is directing me in what we're doing here, and so I thank you for your response to this today. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's just pray right now. God, we love you, Lord. God, Lord, I, I am so thankful, God, for your mercy. I'm so thankful today, God. Lord, for the mercies that you have shown to me and to each and every one that are in this place, God. Lord, you have not held us, God, to the, to the judgment for our sins, God, but you have, you have washed those things clean with your blood, God. Lord, you have removed those, God. Lord, those stains of sin have been washed away through the blood of Christ. Oh, God, I thank you for the power of repentance, God. Lord, and I thank you, God, Lord, that you are faithful and that you will, you will honor and, and, and be, uh, be in alignment with your word, God. Lord, that if we will repent, you will forgive, God, and that there will be change that is brought about by that, God. Lord, I thank you for each and every one that is here today, God. I pray, Lord, that the, the Holy Ghost that, that is within us, God, would rise up. God, that you would lead us and direct us, God. Oh, guide us, God, into what you have for your people, God. Oh, Lord, we thank you today. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, I, I am so thankful for your, your responding today and for hearing this word and, and, and allowing this to, to touch you and to, and to, to move within you. I, I, believe, I believe that we are going to see a, an awakening that is going to take place through what we do. And I, I believe that if you'll do this, there will be something that will change inside of you. Amen. Why don't you, uh, why don't you greet one another today as you're dismissed in Jesus' name?